Okay, I admit it. I'll come clean. I have had a passion for radio since I can remember. And that is more than 65 years ago. And believe me, I'm very grateful that I can remember that far back, especially since I can't remember when I go into a room why I went in there. And that includes the bathroom. But I digress. Hi, I'm John Lovering, the producer of Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. An opportunity to share my passion for old-time radio programming with people that have a similar passion, and perhaps many who were not even born when radio was the only immediate mass media that existed. My passion for radio expands beyond the radio programs. I'm an amateur, extra-class radio operator, call sign KC1XG, and though I have not been very active on ham radio in the past few years, I did expand my interest into the restoration of old radios about 30 years ago and have restored over 150 old tube radios. Unfortunately, a medical condition, a pacemaker, has made working on high-voltage radios with strong magnetic fields something that I can no longer safely do. So I have come full circle back to the programs that were heard over the radios. Hence, Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. Volunteering as a radio host on Portsmouth Community Radio for 13 years, doing a two-hour show every week called Portsmouth Community Radio Audio Theater gave me the opportunity to share my passion with a fairly local audience. And then along came the internet and podcasting, and here I am. I now volunteer as a video and audio editor at a local public media TV station, but the passion for radio is still there. I have always been interested in the history of the development of radio, and during my tenure on Portsmouth Community Radio, I did a series where I had a chance to focus attention to the history of radio. How did it begin? What was the first commercial radio station? Who was considered the father of radio? What roles did people like Lee DeForest, Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, Nathan Stubblefield, bet you never heard of him, Edwin Armstrong, David Sarnoff, Marconi, and so many more play in the technical development of radio. Oh, I suppose for most it's not important, but some amazingly intelligent and talented people laid the groundwork for every computer chip, SSD drive, transistor, vacuum tube, 4K television, smartphone, and the list goes on and on and on, because the principles of electricity and electromagnetic waves that they discovered and the equipment they invented from vacuum tubes to transistors, computer chips, circuit boards, and so much more, has made everything we have in the field of communication today possible. On this track, you will hear one of the few recordings that I played on Portsmouth Community Radio in January of 2010, entitled, From Wireless to Radio, Moments of the History of Radio. There are several tracks available in the playlist, History of Radio, on this podcast. I thank you for listening. And I appreciate the privilege of your time. Portsmouth Community Radio Audio Theater presents Wireless to Radio, a series of audio history highlights about the development of radio in America. In 1923, radio or wireless, as it was called then, changed the concept of home entertainment forever. This series will tell you about the people and the technology that made it all happen. 
1910, the federal government required all ships have a wireless telegraph that could send and receive Morse code signals. The Titanic hit the famous iceberg in 1912 and sent the first SOS signal. It was heard by many ships who came to the rescue of many survivors. Later on, it was discovered that another ship that was closer than the ships that heard the Titanic's SOS did not hear the distress call. Why? Its one wireless operator was off-duty at the time the Titanic was sinking. The result of this tragedy was the Federal Radio Act of 1912 that required two wireless operators to be employed on all ships and that one must be on duty at all times. A young man of 21 years of age who was a wireless radio operator working at the Wanamaker radio station in New York City received the signals between the Titanic and the rescue ships. He reported about the rescue work and provided a list of survivors so that an anxious world could be informed. This young man stayed at his telegraph position for 72 hours straight. His name was David Sarnoff, and by 1919, at the age of 28, he would become the head of the Radio Corporation of America, RCA, and its national broadcasting company, NBC, and rule over an ever-growing telecommunications and consumer electronics empire with one of the largest companies in the world. David Sarnoff, also known as General Sarnoff, would continue as head of these corporations until his death in 1970, a 51-year reign. And that's your Portsmouth Community Radio's Audio Theater Wireless to Radio moment in history for this evening.